Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adiwumi. And I believe the Lord will bless you all with this teaching that we're going to go through today. I will go through the letter of Apostle Paul to Timothy, the second epistle of Paul to Timothy. In this three chapter epistle, which actually is just a single letter of four chapters. Apostle Paul described or was exhorting Timothy on things that he, he needs to do as a pastor and more or less let us as Apostle Paul was now ready to go, ready to be ready to be sacrificed for the for the gospel. So in the first chapter he was talking about Timothy's heritage of a godly mother, which we are going to talk about when as we get there. In the second chapter he exhorted Timothy to study to show himself approved unto God. As a pastor he needs to keep studying the scriptures so that he can be ready to be able to minister to others. In chapter 3, Apostle Paul was uh, talking to Timothy to about the payless times that I had. Payless times, I mean more like prophecy. Because he, he being apostle, he was now old, he would be going away. But Timothy may still be around when many terrible things may begin to occur at the end of the world. It happened during that time, but that was just, that may not be the detail of the biggest of the things that will happen in the end of the world. Because Apostle Paul was more or less seeing ahead. Those things he mentioned are perilous times. It happened since that time, it is still going to happen worse and worse as we also get to the end of the world. Timothy may have seen a little bit of it, but what Apostle Paul was describing as the perilous times ahead was majorly, it's applicable to every time, every dispensation, even our dispensation, there are perilous times right now ahead. So we're going to talk about that when we get to chapter 3. And in chapter 4, he exhorted Timothy to preach the word and really be consistently preaching the word. He said, you save yourself and others as you continue in, the, in doctrine. So let's go through the book of, second letter of, Apostle Paul to Timothy, starting from chapter 1, I will just be reading through it and stopping at some Bible verses and giving some insight and some exp expansion of the Bible of the world. And I, I encourage you to get your own Bible also and open to second epistle of Paul to Timothy, chapter 1, as we read. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, right up front, Apostle Paul introduced himself, just like any normal letter you say, you put your address in, on the top and so on and so forth. This is how Apostle Paul addressed himself, that he's an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, that is God shows him to be an apostle. The word apostle means sent out one, like a messenger. And everyone that is sent out is an apostle. What are sent out by men, that means you are the messenger of those men, but this is sent out, sent out by God, so he's a messenger of God. So he called himself an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He said, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus Christ, why, why was the Lord sending him out? It's according to the promise, the promise of life that God wanted to give to mankind, eternal life, which is in Christ Jesus. 
So that's why he was sent out to present this eternal life to people. To teach this eternal life to people. And those that accepted it are called believers. It's Christians. And that's why I mean according to the promise of life. You see, this eternal life is promised, is a promise by God that it's almost like if I somebody, a, a rich man say, come over to me and I will give you this. It's a promise. Only those that come over to, to that person will get whatever he promised them. So this eternal life is promised by God to as many as will come to him. And Jesus Christ said, come on to me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So that was what Apostle Paul was also presenting to mankind. That this is a promise of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Anyone that will come and accept it, you will get that eternal life. You see, you see when you die that you get eternal life? No, you start this, you get eternal life right now when you accepted Jesus. Jesus Christ said, this is eternal life. That we may know the only true God and Jesus Christ who may ascend. You see, that's all. Well, that is the beginning of, that's the beginning of eternal life. What do you mean by eternal life? Eternal life means the life of God. God ruling in your life, God leading you right now, and those people that have received this lifestyle of God right now and they living that life right now while they are still alive and turned their life to Christ and God is now leading their life, God is ruling your heart and your body and is making you do His will, those are the people He's going to give this planet to at the end. Even if they are dead, God said He will raise them up at the last day when Jesus Christ shall come, the dead in Christ shall rise first. That is the eternal life. He will raise them up and they are going to inherit this planet again and live forever. So, you can understand the plan of God is, it's not just for the 100 years you may live on this earth. It's not just for the, maybe you live for 120 years on this earth. Many people are trying to keep themselves alive for 120 years maximum, since, uh, since, uh, since the generation of, since Moses. But you see, that is not the all. That is just the beginning. If you don't get this eternal life from Jesus, then you will be one of those to be destroyed with the rest of the unbelievers and thrown to the lake of fire in the end. But the eternal life that Jesus Christ is offering is that those who accepted him and accepted this new birth and accepted this eternal life, even if they die physically after they have spent their life here on earth and they are, go they are waiting in paradise, their soul is waiting in paradise for the resurrection, which will be any time Christ comes back. And they will be resurrected again to live on this planet, this same heart, forever and ever. That's what the prophecies of God is, that's the eternal life. It starts right now, living with God right now, day by day with God. And that is when you have Jesus Christ with you and in you, living your life, is living his life through you, you already have eternal life. And then, even if you die, you'll be waiting in paradise for the day God is going to resurrect all those that are dead in Christ, and you give this planet to them again to live forever this time. That is eternal life. It started right now, not when you die, that you, that one when you come, when they die and they come back. That is continuation of eternal life when they are Christians. But you start that eternal life right now when you are walking with God. Right now, when you are walking with God, God is leading your life. That's why He wanted to perfect you. That's why He put the ministries in the body of Christ to perfect we saints of God. Make us perfect the way He wants us to because after, when it comes, it's going to be like that forever. We're going to be perfected, holy people living like that forever. You see that also in the book of uh, Hebrews, Apostle Paul, in the book of Hebrews was telling us that we are the spirits of just men made perfect. So it's perfecting Christians until they 
come back because when they are dead they will be resurrected back and then they will have a, a body that is perfect that will never die anymore but while we are still here before that change we need to be processed to be perfected by the holy spirit in us that is the life we are living right now that is the eternal life living with god walking with god right now that's the eternal life let's continue the letter of apostle but now he wrote this letter to timothy he said my dearly beloved son because he was like a like a father to Timothy he was a young man actually when you look at the acts of the apostles Timothy was not the direct convert of Apostle Paul but he was mentored because by the time Apostle Paul got to the city he had been to that city before Troas he preached to them and many and church was started there and then he moved on to other places by the time he came back the second time uh, Timothy a young man was already converted and on fire for Jesus and so when the Apostle Paul came back they mentioned they mentioned they introduced him to Timothy and said this young man and the Apostle said well yeah I'd like you to go along with me and, and Timothy was interested in going along with Apostle Paul as a team of evangelists and Apostle Paul have a bunch of uh, people are going with him from place to place where they are preaching so that was how Timothy became a young man following Apostle Paul so Apostle Paul became the mentor for Timothy and any, any other place where they started a church, they have Timothy to stay there for a while and, and teach them for a while while they moved to another place. And that was what our Timothy became his barely beloved son, not a physical son uh, by natural birth, it's just spiritual by being a, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and um, Apostle Paul being the mentor. It's a grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. But still, this Apostle Paul writing in his letter, he said, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. So he said he remember Timothy always when he's praying. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be free with joy. When he said mindful of thy tears, which means and it's maybe perhaps the last time he saw Timothy and he was about to depart because of their close closeness Timothy would know that he was going to miss Apostle Paul for a while so maybe he was in tears because Apostle Paul now perhaps has been maybe uh, maybe uh, in, a, in a place where he for a long time or perhaps that was when he was arrested when he wrote this letter but Apostle Paul said mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy when I if I can see you again he's asking Timothy perhaps to come by because many times after Apostle Paul got to Rome as a prisoner he was there for two years according to the Acts of the Apostles, the last chapter. And he was there for two years and he welcomed people back and forth. He may not be able to go out of Rome himself, but people can visit him where he is living. Verse 5. When I call to remembrance, now he's still talking about, uh, to, about Timothy now. He's now going to mention Timothy's heritage. He said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Apostle Paul is acknowledging the faith that Timothy has, which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Now, this verse 5 is what I'm going to describe a little bit here. Apostle Paul was acknowledging the fact the faith that Timothy has is actually part of the faith of his mother and his grandmother, because Apostle Paul must have met the grandmother of Timothy. He called his name Lois, and the mother of uh, Timothy called his name Eunice. 
and those are the people that were brought up Timothy and when parents are bringing up children the Bible said train up your child in the way that you should go when he is old he will not depart from it that is the word of God so it is a, it is mandatory for we parents to raise our children right to point them in the right direction to put faith in them faith in God the true God and they also will begin to exercise their faith as they grow up and that is what Apostle Paul was acknowledging in Timothy that that faith that I see in you Timothy I could see that it has been passed down to you from your mom and from your grandma because he knew that they were also believing in, in what they have been preached to what they have been preached to them and the Apostle Paul said I'm persuaded that same faith is in you also Verse 6, now you can, let me digress a little bit and talk about the same thing about Abraham. God said, I know Abraham, that he will instruct and command his children of time to fear God and to follow the way of God. And Abraham did that for Isaac. You can go back to the book of Genesis and see the story of Isaac. While Isaac was even not married yet, the, he has been taught well by Abraham that he knew how to go into the, into the field and meditate and talk to God. And you see that in the book of Genesis, when we see an example of that, it was recorded to, for us to see the lifestyle of Isaac. When he was to get married, and Abraham sent his servant to go and bring forth a, a wife for Isaac. When they are bringing the women, the Bible said Isaac was in the field meditating. And that's how we know that, oh, he has been taught well by Abraham. And so he knew how to how to go aside and meditate and talk to God. And that is very important. That is very, very important that you as a father or as a mother, actually the responsibility is given to the fathers to raise the children. But of course the mother is to be supporting the father. So if the father has no time, the mom must be ready to make sure that the children are well trained in the world of God, not just raising them to go to college, to go to school, that is part of it, but education in the word of God, bringing faith, put faith in them to f and fear of God, is the responsibility of the parents to teach the children as they are growing up. And let me read quickly the Bible verse in the book of Genesis chapter 24, where Isaac was mentioned that he was in the field. As I, Genesis chapter 24 verse 62. This is when they were bringing his wife Rebecca. The, Abraham has sent his, his servant to go and get a wife for Isaac. And now he was bringing the women, the wife and the people that are coming with like a bride's entourage. And when they got to, when we got to verse 62, he mentioned how Isaac and Isaac came from the way of the way Lahiroi, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the even time. You see what I said? That, is, that means Abraham has already taught Isaac how to meditate. He, he, the Bible says he, he went to the, to the field at the even time, maybe around 6 p.m. or 5 p.m., where he could have a quiet time with the Lord. And he was meditating. That is very important. Take time. I always encourage all people that listen to me. Take time daily to study the Bible, the Word of God, and meditate on it at least for one hour. Uh, at least for one hour a day. 
you have to create around the evening time, maybe before you sleep in the evening, or later in the earlier than that, 6 p.m., 5 p.m. I started this when I was in college. So you should take time to do that. And this is example we saw in the story of Isaac, that he went outside to meditate. That means that was his usual pattern, his lifestyle. Once Abraham has taught him, now Abraham, he doesn't have to go with his father. He is now 40 years old by this time when he got married. So when he, when he, when he, when they are saying about it, Abraham, Isaac, in verse 63, Genesis chapter 24, verse 63 is what I'm reading. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the even tide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. So that was how he first able to find that, oh, that must be our camels that's coming. We had the, he knew that the servant has gone on a long trip to Mesopotamia, from Canaan to Mesopotamia, maybe it's for many months, for many days. And he saw them coming, say, that's the, that's our, that must be our camel coming. So that was, that was what we are saying, that he has already been taught by Abraham how to meditate and talk to the Lord. And he was already practicing it. So that's why I said, I also encourage my, pe my people, anyone that is listening to me, take time to meditate. Well, how do I meditate? You take the scriptures, you read it, maybe one chapter in the New Testament, and then think of what you have just learned. Think about it. What does this letter, what am I, what do I gain from this, from this letter of Apostle Pope? And think about it. Say, how should I implement it? How should I practice this in my life? As you are thinking about it, the Holy Spirit will be talking to you, telling you how to apply it to yourself. That is what meditation is. It's reading the Word of God, talking back to God about it, and then praying that, Lord, help me to be able to do this. And that is exactly what I'm pointing out. Look at what, how we are doing right now in, first, in this second episode of Paul to Timothy. We are reading chapter 1. And I'm pointing, I'm still in verse 5, verse 6, verse 5 and 6, you see. That's how you should you read and say, well, he, Apostle Paul said, this man, Timothy, has faith from his mother, from his grandmother. And you are a man, maybe you are a woman, then you have children, then you just meditate as well. How did the mother and the grandmother put faith in their son, Timothy? By teaching the young man, as he's growing up, about God, and how to fear God, and how to talk to God. And when God talks back to you, how to believe God, now you also go and begin to pray about that and say, Lord, help me to be able to do that for my own children. And if you have no children yet, help me to be able to get a, a, a right spouse, a wife or husband, that both of you will agree together to do the same thing, to reach your children the same way that we put fear of God in the children and the love of God in the children. And you are praying ahead if you have not got the children yet. If you already got children, you should begin to take this step and say, well, I must make my children know about the truth and teach them the truth and teach them the will of the Lord. And as you are teaching them and they are listening, you will be surprised that God is working in them also. And that's why the Bible said, train, train the child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6. That's Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6. Say, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, we know the path from it. So that's an example there for you to emulate. Now let's go to back to Timothy, Second Timothy chapter one. We are reading verse six. Apostle Paul continues his letter. He said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. What does that mean? Apostle Paul is saying the last time, maybe some time before he has laid hands upon, upon Timothy, 
and pray for the Lord to give him some special gifts, spiritual gifts. And he believed that Timothy already has it. Well, he said he should start it, which means it's possible that somebody may have that gift, you are not really using it. Think of somebody lay hand upon you and say, Oh, Holy Ghost, fill this young man with, so that he can speak in tongues. And maybe he spoke in tongues, blah, 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 on the first day. But what about the second day, what the third day? Maybe he's not speaking in tongues for a while. So, but you have to start it up. How do you start it up? You just say, Holy Ghost, I want to speak in tongues, speak through me. And you open your mouth and the Holy Ghost, you, you are allowed, you are, you are exhorted to do this regularly. The speaking in tongues is not something you do one time and that's all, that's all. It is something that is part of you, you should use it regularly to keep praying in the spirit, that is praying in tongues. The Bible says, anyone that's praying in the spirit of speaking in tongues, you are edifying yourself. So that is the same thing, but when you, how, do you, how do you do that? When you have, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, is ready, ready, residency. You just just open your mouth and say, Holy Spirit, speak through my mouth, and then you let something that comes, let, let him speak, and you just release your tongue to him, and you will flip your tongue, and that's how it started in us when we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. We flip our tongue and we just allow our mouth to follow it, to support it, and then you begin to speak in tongues, and you have to do that until you become a language. You may not understand the language, but that's what the Holy Ghost gives. A language, maybe heavenly language, maybe another heartly language that you don't know, but it's known somewhere in this in this planet. So that is how the Holy Ghost. But you see, when you do it once and you don't do it anymore, you are not starting it up. You start it up by just releasing yourself to do it again and again and again. The same way, if it is a gift of prophecy that Apostle Paul has laid upon Apostle Apostle Timothy, he has to learn how to release his his spirit to prophesy. But they say, you say you start it up. Sometimes praying and fasting will start it up. You see, that's another way you start up these gifts that they have in them. And then sometimes exercising their faith will start it up. Take for you if you are giving the gift to be able to, uh, to be able to witness to people. It's a, it's a gift that you know how to explain the Bible. You know how to explain the Bible to people that are believers. That can be a special gift that makes you to be almost like calling call, call you to be an evangelist. But unless you step out and witness to people, it won't manifest. You have to go out and minister, talk to somebody, talk to somebody. You just know that, oh, the world just flew. The world just flew. Somebody was following me when I was in Nigeria many years ago. He followed me to go do evangelism and evangelism and evangelism many times. And then there was a time he was by himself and somebody confronted him, trying to get to me, really, and said, you guys go about preaching about and, the, and you guys are this and that and that. The, this brother came to me and said, when this man challenged him, he, the world just started flowing from him. He didn't even know that he has learned so much from the Bible just by following me preach in the streets. So yeah, he said, the word of God is in you. You don't know it, but it's already there. As you listen to this preacher and you go with him to distribute tracts, when you are alone by yourself and somebody confronted you, the word that you have been hearing will just come back flowing from your mouth. He said he didn't even know that he has so much knowledge. By the time he started telling this man, telling this man, that was confronting him about the gospel. He said, you didn't know that he has learned so much. He said, yeah, you are learning so much. So what, that's what we are saying. You start, you start up that gift of evangelism and witnessing just by going out and witnessing. When you're by yourself, you'll be saying that the world will just flow from you to the person you are trying to teach. But unless you go out to witness, you won't see anything flowing. Because it's not just to be kept inside you. So that's what Apostle Paul said to Timothy, start it up, start up that gift. But Simon said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, that's another good point. He's saying 
many times people don't take steps to go do what God wants them to do because they are afraid or shy, intimidated by the devil. They will just make it, oh, you are going to disgrace yourself if you witness here, if you talk to this person about God. You are disgracing yourself. No, you are not disgracing yourself. You have life and these people needed that life. Open your mouth and talk to them. You see? But you see, the devil always try to make people be afraid. He said, God has not given us the spirit of fear. What is fear? Even shyness is a form of fear. What is shyness? Shyness means you don't want to, to, to let people know you are, or you are ashamed of what you are about to tell them. Is that not shyness? Or you don't want people to, to call you names or to call you, ridicule you. You are thinking of yourself, yourself, self, self. That's a fear. Fear of rejection is what it is. Fear of being persecuted, that's what it is. See, but God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's what Apostle Paul said. Whatever he's telling Timothy to stir up in him, the gift, the gift of being able to prophesy or the gift of being able to talk to people, or that's the gift he has to stir it up. Go forth and do it. Go forth and do it. And you see that you can do it. And don't be afraid of what the devil is putting in your mind that, oh, they will laugh at you or they will ridicule you. That All those are just intimidation by the spirits into your mind. Sometimes it's just in your mind. I tell people, those things are just coming to your mind. It's not real. It may not really happen. But when you take the step to go and do what you want to do, either to prophesy or to talk to people or to preach the gospel or to witness to them, you will see that what you are thinking that they will laugh at you, they really don't laugh at you. God, God will not allow them to laugh or to even persecute you. Or it will not really happen. These people are not thinking like that. It is the devil that is putting that in your mind to be, make you afraid. So that's what you have to know. So, but God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But it said, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. See, now that's why we are saying, the, what he was telling Timothy is that don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, the gospel we are preaching. Nor of me, his prisoner, and don't be ashamed of Apostle Paul, because he's not a prisoner. And people don't say they want to associate with prisoners. No, they associate with him because he's a prisoner for the gospel's sake. So don't be ashamed of me. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. That is, he was telling, he was telling Timothy, be a partaker of this affliction. Because if you are ashamed of us, you, want to, you don't want to be persecuted, you hide your face, then you are not going to be witnessing for Jesus. You are not going to be standing for Christ. But the only way you are going to be part of Christ is so if you stand for him, no matter what happens, whether they are going to persecute you too or afflict you just like they afflicted Apostle Paul, when you stand for Christ, that's when you are accepted by Christ. Because Christ said, if any man deny me before me, I also will deny him before my Father and before the holy angels. But when you stand for Christ, you may be partakers of the affliction, of the persecution. We are now in verse 8. Apostle said, be thou therefore not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which, are, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So you have this now explained to, Apostle, to Timothy, that we are saved by the calling of our Father God through our Lord Jesus Christ by grace, not because of our works. And He's calling individual and He's still calling everybody up to now to come and be saved. Verse 10, He went further and said, 
But this thing is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So that part of it we are going to talk, continue in the next broadcast. We are possibly talking about the Christ has, has come and abolished death because of us. He abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's what I'm saying. He said, God has saved us and called us with an holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus by the, before the war began. But it's now made manifest that this what God has done. He has always planned it before the war began. But it's now manifesting it to our Lord Jesus Christ, who came to abolish death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. We'll continue this in the next broadcast. God bless you.